Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Uh, we have quite an interesting show in store for you with a great guest uh, on the phone. Um, I just, uh, before we get started, oh, I see oh, my, my lovely tribe already piling on the Facebook live stream. I just want to give a shout out to really thank everyone who sent me oh, the birthday wishes this week. I was flooded and overwhelmed with all the birthday wishes that I got. Um, uh, it's amazing now with social media and the, the internet and the connection that we have that, uh, uh, you know, how much we're able to uh, uh, connect with people and, and remember things like birthdays. And yes, hi, Pat, uh, Pat from across the pond in the UK and Joanne uh, and Bahar. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys joining in on the Facebook Live. OK, um, let's start with our quotes of the day from Mike Dooley in the universe and from Abraham to kick off the show. Let's see what the universe and Abraham has in store for us today. First, from the universe. At long last, a three-point spiritual litmus test to see whether or not any old religious doctrine or modern-day ism is worthy of celebration. Does it speak of life's beauty? Or does it speak of our power? And... Does it include everyone, everywhere, no matter what? Hallelujah, the universe. <laughs> we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. I think giving us a, kind of a, a, a good perspective on uh, when we look at different doctrines, different dogmas, um, religions, you know, different you know, as, as, as he puts it, isms there, you know, is it something worth celebrating? Is it something that lifts us up? Is it something that really allows our heart to expand? And, and is it really speak to the truth that tends to be common to almost every form of, of spiritual belief that has developed over the centuries in society? You know, yeah, there are differences, uh, there are contextual differences, there are societal differences because different philosophies, different things got developed at different times and, and in context to what was going on at the time. Uh, but one thing's, you know, but these are sort of three of the things that really um, we find in common for those that really hold the highest vibration. You know, they talk about life's beauty. They talk about, you know, what's so wonderful about this world. They talk about sort of our individual empowerment, our individual power, and and they're inclusive. They 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 don't uh, uh, segregate out. They don't they don't make some people right and other people wrong. Now, this is something that you know that last one there. That's a tough one. That's a dicey one because so many religions were formed in a context of we're better than everyone else. We have the truth and nobody else does. And I tell you, these days when I hear someone say, oh, I have the truth. This is, this is the way things are. Nobody else has this secret. I run in the opposite direction. Uh, because in my experience over my life, I have learned that, you know what, the truth, uh, the secrets of the universe, they are so vast and so many and, and so intricate that nobody I have ever met has had the answers to everything. Well, except maybe me. No, 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 just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding. But yeah, I, I, I just, you know, when I find any kind of movement, that's like you know, we, we've got it and nobody else does. And, 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 you know, you have to follow us and, and we're the right ones and everybody else is wrong. To me, that's like a, 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 a very strict form of separation. And in my experience, you know, spirit is about coming together. Spirit is about working together. Spirit is not about separation. Spirit is about connection. So the more 
um, I see those kinds of things, the more I tend to back away from them. So uh, I love this quote from Mike Dooley in the universe. Maybe a little controversial. Maybe some of you guys out there disagree. Please feel free to comment on the Facebook Live if you, if you do disagree. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay, let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. If all of you, when you went home today, found your homes had blown away, you would be happier in the days and weeks and months to follow than if you went home and everything was normal because it causes more focus of desire. There is all this fresh stuff pouring through you. It's like opening spaces to, to new allowance in every remnant of success was gone from if every moment of remnant of success was gone from you still you stand as the culmination of all that you've learned and we don't mean learned in the sense that now you know how to do it again we mean you have been the creation that has been in the process of being created and here you stand as this clearer more focused wanter and allower than you've ever been before which means you can take your next breath of desire and step into your next place of allowing. And all you have ever had and 10 times more can be in your experience immediately when you accept that you are the asker and the receiver and the letter in of all that. Abraham. Ooh, ooh, this is a juicy quote from Abraham. And this one, it's, it's, it's uh, one that can be a little bit tough for people. So this one, and, and I love this idea that, you know, if we were involved in some catastrophe where we lost our homes, we lost everything we had, it's like hitting a giant reset button on our lives. And now we have nothing. And the wonderful thing about nothing is it is a blank canvas upon which we can create anew. And that now that we have nothing, we can create everything. Now again, you know, when we experience these kinds of things, it's all about the level of consciousness that we bring to it. And that level of consciousness is dictated by our experience and the internal work that we've done in the past. And if we haven't done the work, and if we haven't raised our consciousness that much, you know, we can be crying and wailing for all the things that we've lost not realizing that blessing of still being alive, the blessing that now we get to recreate ourselves and our lives in a completely new context, without the old stories, without the old ideas, that now, yeah, it, it, depending on where you are in life, yeah, it can suck losing everything. But it can also be tremendously liberating. You know, I've actually known in the last two, three, four, five years, a number of people who have actually, instead of looking to accumulate more, have actually uh, simplified their lives to the point at which they could pack up what they have and go anywhere in the world. There's a wonderful couple, Tong Cole, they're now, now in Austin, but they had a, a nice house here in Brooklyn, a bunch of friends, big community, and they got rid of everything, everything, and they spent a year going around the world, living different places for like two, three, four, five weeks at a time, and have created a completely new life for themselves. Now, they did it voluntarily, right? They didn't have some big disaster. They didn't lose everything. They voluntarily gave or sold everything away. They prepared. They, 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 they did it very consciously. So, so, so that brings an even, an even greater level of consciousness uh, to this kind of thing. 
So sometimes when it when it's forced upon us, it can be gut wrenching. Um, uh, but as my friend Filippo says on the on the Facebook Live, detachment is a blessing. You know, sometimes losing all the physical things that we have is a great way to show us how important health, family, friends, community is. Especially in the West, we, we, we place so much emphasis on how many dollars are in our bank account, on the type of car we drive, on how fancy our apartment or our home is. Do, you know, do we have a McMansion or not? Is it bigger than the one next door? And the truth is that stuff is so unimportant. It's so unimportant. If you don't have your health, you're not enjoying any of it. If you don't have good friends and family, people you love in your life, you're not going to enjoy any of it. So this idea of like losing everything as a way of liberation is so true. So I just wonder, maybe we can prepare ourselves for such an event. Maybe we can start getting rid of things in our lives that aren't really that important. Maybe we can start detaching and giving things away and simplifying life so that if such an event should ever come, we don't actually lose all that much. You know, it's amazing. Life never brings us a challenge that we cannot face. And life is full of amazing, amazing experiences that at the time may seem horrific, may seem horrible, may seem like the most gut-wrenching, you know, difficult thing we've ever been through in our lives. And then years later, we realize what a blessing they are. Years later, we have a different perspective and a different view of things. And then suddenly, what was once our greatest challenge, we realize is our greatest blessing. You know, and I'm sure anybody listening who has lost their home to a fire, to an earthquake, to, to, to a tornado, to a flood, I'm sure that they'll tell you, look, at the time going through it, it was awful, and that you lost mementos and things that meant a lot to you, of course. But I think what Abraham is saying here in this quote is, hey, the real blessing is in life. The real blessing is knowing that you can create anything in your life. And that any time we experience a great loss like that, it is a great opportunity if we allow it to be. That's the key. It can be a great opportunity if we allow it to be. And it's all about the story we tell ourselves. Because if we tell ourselves, oh my God, this is the most awful thing that's ever happened to me in my life, you're right. And if we tell ourselves, this is an amazing opportunity to reset my life and start from new, from a new, start from scratch and build up something even more amazing, you're just as right. Whatever meaning we decide to put to it is the meaning that will shape our life and our experience around it. So, two wonderful, amazing quotes from the universe and from Abraham, I hope you've enjoyed them. I hope they made you think. I hope they resonate with you. Or at least, even if they didn't, I just hope they cause you to think a little bit deeper about these topics. So thank you all for listening, tuning in. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to try and get our guest on the phone. And uh, we will be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your digital connectors. connectors. Woo woo! (laughs) (laughs) Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. And now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show Norma Hollis. Norma is an international authority on authenticity and self-awareness. She is a change agent who serves as a catalyst for transformational growth in individuals and organizations. Her work is acclaimed in multiple industries and countries and rapidly growing. Norma has translated her 30 years of research and writing into an online school at AuthenticityU.com. She offers a myriad of courses that assist with self-awareness and living with authenticity. She, is also, she also certifies trainers and coaches to deliver her process to others. She's the author of multiple books, articles, and audios, and has helped thousands of people with transformational change. So you can see why I am very pleased to have her, have her on The Conscious consultant hour today welcome to the show norma sam thank you so much for having me on this show today i am so sorry to be a little late i had a little accident and i'm recovering from a rotate rotator cuff Ooh. injury Ooh. that somebody that somebody re-injured last night oh no and so therefore the painkiller i took last night affected me a little bit more than i expected but i'm here <laughs> ah, so thank okay. you for having me on the show today all right wonderful wonderful okay well thank you for making it. i'm i'm sorry to hear about that but Oh, great, great opportunity. Yep. I guess your body wants a little more attention if uh, your rotator cuff is giving you problems. So I think a yeah, little it, more. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of screaming at me. So I have yeah. to listen and, and take care for sure. <laughs> okay, okay, good, good. We'll, 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 we'll take it easy on you this interview, I promise. Um, well, the good part is I can sit down and do it and nobody has to bother my arm while I'm doing it. So right, that's good. Thank right. You. Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. All right. So, so Norma, I'm curious, what first got you interested in 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 authenticity like like what sort of started you on this path where you eventually have become such an expert on authenticity well i think it started as a curiosity that i had when i was as young as eight years old Mm. i had a really traumatic experience then i guess i've been having a lot in my life so Mm -hmm. um, at at eight though i had an ear infection i developed a hole in my eardrum uh, and the only they tried antibiotics and all that to stop the infection that that resulted, and nothing would stop it. And the only thing they found that would stop the infection was a solution that they had to put topically on my eardrum that felt ooh. like acid on the inside of my head. Ooh. And it was so, so, so painful. And as I was going through it, you know, I had some consciousness about, well, how come the adults in my life aren't really helping me? And, of course, they couldn't stop the pain, but what they, what they were not able to do or even recognize was how traumatic it was and how I needed help because to deal with that pain at, as young as eight, having no, nothing in my, in my history to know how to deal with it, right. it created me a way of looking at life of avoiding pain uh. and, and making decisions that, were, 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 were not, that don't serve me now. Right. But I was... I was curious enough as a young child to wonder why, what happens to adults that they forget how to, how to figure out what kids need or what, what's wrong. So hmm. that curiosity started there, and it just kept continuing the rest of my life. 
Got you, got you. And and how did authenticity emerge as a theme in that in that in that search that you had? Well, as I look back, you know, you know, I used to own a speakers bureau, and as I look back, as I learned to coach speakers and help them with their messages, one of the things I learned was to look at the themes in your life. And as I looked at the theme in my life, starting at eight that I just mentioned. Right. I, it, it continued. So when I directed Head Start programs, preschool programs for low-income children in the in the United States, right. I found that that even though I had hundreds of staff, there was only a small percentage of them that really, really liked children. The rest of it was just <laughs> oh, the child, geez. and it showed up in how they worked with these preschoolers. Right. And then when I owned right. my speakers bureau, I saw it with speakers that I would meet, and I would ask them, "Well, tell me what your goals are as a speaker, and who do you like as a speaker? Who do you admire?" And they would tell me who they would admire, and I asked them to speak, and then they would try to speak like the person that they admired. Uh, so I saw this theme of lack of authenticity over and over again, and then it was a mentor that helped me to see, well, you're talking about authenticity. So uh, that's how it kind of emerged. I didn't start off saying, I'm going to be an authenticity right, expert. Right. It didn't work out that way. It just kind of happened. And, and about how long ago did that, that theme of authenticity emerge for you? Well, you know, this, the, the, the serious, my serious focus, my conscious focus on it came at 28. And that's uh-huh. when I realized I had done everything my parents had to say do, and I was miserable. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to do next. They didn't know who I was. And that's when I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out who I am and what it means to be human. But I didn't realize it would take me 30 years to go down that journey mm-hmm. and, and go down that path. And, well, actually, actually, I'm looking at it as a 42-year journey wow. because it took 30 years to do the understanding and writing about it and then 10 more years to figure out, well, so what is it? What did mm-hmm. I just do? What did I just write? Because mm-hmm. I have books on it. I have just, I wrote for the whole 30 years. So what do I have? And, and now, so how does it work? Right. So it was clearly something that was channeled through me right. as a way to bring it into the world. The biggest challenge I've had with it, though, is that I kind of knew coming in and very early that I needed to write it. But what they didn't tell me is I also had to market it to the world <laughs> to get the world to understand it. So that's, right. <laughs> that's right. a whole different banana. So. Right, right, right. It's one thing to come up with... Uh, uh, the materials, the programs, the process. It's another thing to actually get it out there into people's hands. Yes, um, it is. And that's the process I'm on now. So yeah. I thank you for having me on the show to share oh, it. Yeah. Oh, my well, uh, absolutely welcome. I mean, to me, authenticity is such an important theme these days. And a lot more people are talking about it. I mean, I... I I mean, I would say even five years ago, ten years ago, there was very, very few people talking about authenticity. But I see that over the last, you know, five, ten years, it's really picked up, and there are you know many more people talking about it. It's it's more kind of in the common uh, 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 conversation that goes on, either in the business world or or just in, in personal relationships. So it seems like you kind of uh, preceded it. Um, so you were very well prepared for it. Uh, I'm curious, uh, why do you think it's become so much more a, a common theme or topic these days compared to the past? Well, the answer to that lies for me in a book written by a guy named Michael Drew. And Michael Drew is a literary agent who has mm-hmm. had um, over 80 books on the New York Times bestseller list consecutively. Oh, wow. So he really has a, his thumb on the pulse of the, of the, of the of society. So he and his partner, uh, Roy Williams, researched human nature for 3,000 years. Mm-hmm. And they found that every 40 years, there's a pendulum shift, is what he calls it, where oh. we shift as a society from a focus on me and how great I am and all that I can do by myself right. to a focus on we and how we collectively can do more. And so right now, the 40-year shift that we're in now is the shift of we. And when I heard Michael Drew talk about it, he referred to it as authenticity. And ah. this 40-year cycle started in 2003, which means it will continue to 2043. So we're in just hmm. getting into the saturation of the conversation on authenticity. In his Mm -hmm. explanation, he says in that 40-year cycle, there's 20 years that's a serious focus on whatever that topic is, which means Uh. that from 2013 to 2033, the focus is authenticity. 
And what you'll find is a lot of scholars have books out about how important it is, and especially about authentic leadership and how authenticity is the first thing in self-awareness to authentic leadership. Mm -hmm. But they don't tell you how to achieve authenticity. And that's where mine comes in differently, because I talk about not only how important it is, but how you do it, how you how you dissect yourself and look at yourself and find the authentic core of who you are and then build that up to really be have a much, much more joyful life. Right, right, right. Well, we got a couple of questions on the Facebook Live. Uh, um, Linda, I'm going to get to your question after the break, but let's start with Pat's question, which is, do you think the focus on authenticity is a response to all the, quote, fake news, unquote? I don't know that it's the response to it, but it certainly is necessary for it. Because if you think about most words, many words have an opposite. So we wouldn't be talking about authenticity if if we were not so aware of the inauthenticity that's going on. So there's a relationship to it. But I think just society has moved itself in that direction. And I look at that from that angle even more when I think that I spent 30, 40 years preparing for this not as my own decision, but as something that was channeled through me, mm. and I'm assuming as a way to help society prepare for what's going on, and that's why getting it out in the world is so important. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like when the time is right, the material comes out because it's what's needed at that time. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and if we look at the alternative world as we do, right. certain things are, are, are mapped out and planned for, and so people come to fulfill certain needs. Right. And I think that's just a part of the same cycle. Right. What do you feel is the relationship between authenticity and vulnerability? Well, interesting. You know, when I have an assessment that I give people mm-hmm. on the authenticity, and when I when we finish, I refer to their results as their strengths and vulnerabilities. I don't use the mm-hmm. word weaknesses mm-hmm. because I think in terms of being authentic. All of us have certain things that we're really great at mm-hmm. and other things that we're not so good at. Mm-hmm. And, it, and we're so, so we're supposed to have areas that we're vulnerable. Nobody gets it all. There are areas we're right. vulnerable in. So I think th- and when I do the presentation, I refer to your stresses and your challenges in life as areas that you're just more vulnerable in. You don't have much, as much awareness in it. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, it, it, it relates to helping you see where you need, where your gaps fall in your life, where you need to bring people in your life to fill those things that you don't do quite as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Linda has a question going kind of back to what I was talking about, my quotes of the day about detaching. So uh, I'll, I'll read off her question, and Norma, you and I will chime in on it, and then we'll continue our conversation around authenticity, Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Norma Hollis, and we will be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m. we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin. Together, we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We're talking with Norma Hollis all about authenticity. But we have a question from a listener on Facebook Live. Linda says uh, that she's been having a hard time at work and know that she has to detach. Uh, and she wants some advice about detaching from circumstances as well as things. Any advice on that, Norma? Well, that's an interesting question. To say that you don't like your job and need to detach from it, to have the question there. I mean, my question to Linda is more, why is the job not working and why do you feel you have to stay? Because right. authenticity is about recognizing your strengths and challenges and dealing with it. Being authentic is about stepping into what you love, stepping into what really makes you happy. When you detach, you're stepping away from. Right. So you are tolerating the situation, you know, one of the phrases I use a lot is go where you're celebrated, not where you're just tolerated. Right. And That's so if you're one. detaching, like you cannot be celebrating. Right. That's one of the problems they have at work now. They say over 80% of the people that are working are detached. Right. They're not engaged in work. Right. And that's why it's all it's not working. So my encouragement to her would be to find what your strengths are and start stepping into them. And right. whatever the job situation is, plan a way that you can either find a way to enjoy it or find somewhere where you can be celebrated and you can celebrate your life. Because when you're in places where you're detached and you're stressful, you're just opening the door for health issues and all kinds of other problems. And that's not the objective of being authentic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would also say to Linda, I'd give her the advice to say, you know what, look at, you know, how you can shift the energy internally um, and find the things and maybe focus on the things you actually like about going to work. Find the things that actually lift you up and, and, and focus on those and see, you know, what is the lesson in here? If you're having some challenges there, that to me, that usually means there's something to learn. And, and maybe the thing to learn is y that's not the place for you. And to look around and maybe it's time to start looking for another opportunity, another situation where you can be more celebrated, as Norma says, where you can uh, feel like you can contribute more. And, and kind of like the, the quote I, I talked about at the beginning that, you know, sometimes, you know, we need to lose everything to create something new and create something better. And it's like, what would you do if you were fired tomorrow? What would you do if you lost everything tomorrow? But you still had your health. You know, I'm assuming you're healthy, Linda. You still had your health. You still had your mind. You still had your abilities. You know, what would you create? And, and if you're in a situation that is just not uh, supporting you, you know, what kind of situation would support you? What kind of situation would you want to create that would help to uh, help you to feel like you you are in contribution, that you're being valued, that that you're actually have something of, of significance to share authentically. OK, great. Thank you, Norma. Um, yes, thank you. Uh, um, so, so you have this process um, to help people uh, with with the. Uh, discovering their authenticity because i think sometimes you know we, we hear the 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 term used and we don't often really understand what it's all about uh why don't you talk about your process a little bit like how did it come to you and 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 how does it actually help people well it came to me as i mentioned through just listening and writing and experiencing a number of things um throughout the 30-year period that i was uh, putting it together um, I, ha I had a, um, a, a mentor coach that worked with me for a while. I was actually, I was an employee, but great, gave me great feedback and, and information. So I have this thing called the authenticity grid, mm -hmm. which is my nine dimensions of authenticity. What I, I, what I discovered is that there were nine basic dimensions of being authentic. When I, when I dissected myself, I found I have three voices. I have an inner voice that no one hears but myself. Mm. An outer voice, which is how people perceive me. Mm. When you walk in a room, people make an impression about who you are without knowing who you are or anything about you. Mm -hmm. And then I also have an expressive voice, which is who I have become. Mm. And each of those three voices, inner, outer, and expressive, have three energies within them, which I refer to as the dimensions. So what my uh, mentor did to me when, I, when he learned about my system, 
he suggested I turn the grid into an assessment, which was a great suggestion. Ah, okay. So I have a, an assessment that I use that helps people identify where they're at mm-hmm. uh, on the grid and where their strengths and vulnerabilities are. <clears throat> and then the 10 years that I spent figuring out how this whole thing works was when I learned the magic of this grid. Because once you finish the assessment and put your scores on the grid, it tells you whether your orientation is more inner voice person. So you like to be you know, private and to be introspective and figure out what's going on in your life, whether you're an outer voice person and you just like to be out in the world, be, being with people, or whether you're an expressive voice person, you have one or, or the other that are either stronger or you're still figuring out where you fit in the world. Mm. And also whether you're more of a thinker you like to strategize and plan and be in your head. Whether you're a communicator, you like to be talking to people and sharing information. Or whether you're a doer, you like to be out in the world doing things. Mm. And all of us have an orientation to one or the other, right. but all of us need all of that in our world to be really successful. So it helps right. people realize where their strengths are and where their vulnerabilities are, and therefore what gaps they need to fill in either relationships or work environments to make sure that they're happy. So Linda, for example, I would guess that in her case, she has something in, in, the, in the dimension of integrity, which is values, so that her values and the people that she's working with probably have different values. Mm-hmm. And that's probably one of the reasons that the job isn't working for her, because her beliefs and the beliefs of those that she's working with are not in alignment. Mm-hmm. So that's when, I, when, when the grid is done and I see the scores and how they're interrelated, I can really do an assessment on someone and help them identify what gaps they have and where they may need to do that, to, to deal with it. And I'm working with the, with the whole program now to make it a self-coaching tool. So if I teach you how to do the assessment, how to interpret it, and then how to use it to identify what you need to do in your own life to bring things up to more balance, then you have a tool. You don't even need a coach anymore. You have a tool you can use and a system you can you can jump into to really help you move forward. Right, and then, and you've taken this assessment and you've taken this work that you've done and you've literally gone around the world with it. And have you found that it, it people react to it the same or that it 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 has value regardless of culture? It has value regardless of culture. I spent. Um, two months in China last year teaching this to university students. And, oh, my heart just sang to see how much they really related to it. What I found so clearly is they were just like me. They weren't <laughs> quite 28 yet, but their parents led them down. My parents led me down the path of teaching. Mm. And uh, the, par- the children in, uh, in China were led to accounting, finance, or statistics. Right. And I would I did one on ones with them, and they say, "But I hate it." <laughs> and one one girl, I, I'm in accounting, but but I like spirit and soul. I want to do spirit and soul. Didn't even know what it meant, mm. but that's what she wanted to do. Mm. But yeah, so uh, the lights come on, and the brightness, and that joy of yes, this is where I belong. I had one girl, for example, in statistics, and she and one and her values were happiness and joy and mm. freedom and and adventure. And so I, I helped her look at how Disneyland, Shanghai, was a possibility because they have a role, a job for people that, that manage the, 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 um, the characters. Mm-hmm. And a statistical background works very well with that. Mm-hmm. So you don't just have to be in the fine, straight line of right. what your degree says. Let's look at your values and who you are and figure out how, where this degree also works, where you can there shift where your focus is and go into something that you really love early enough that you can really make a difference in the world. Right. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, I actually was, while you were speaking, I was kind of thinking about, you know, that that sort of conflict when somebody finds out, like, what they authentically and truly, you know, want to do, and, and it's right. in some ways in conflict with what the society says they should do, what their parents say they should do, like how do they resolve that conflict? And that was such a beautiful example of learning to be creative, right? You can still take your skills, you know, you don't have to completely throw away what you've learned, but you're just applying them in a more creative way, aren't you? You're applying them based on your authenticity, exactly. Because, you know, most people 
that have been have degrees and you probably have researched have know this too you know 10 20 years later you're not working in the area where you took oh. out your degree in <laughs> Absolutely. and not only that once you get out there in that area you find it's nothing like you expected it was going to be right right so you may as well know yourself and who you are and align who you are with what the world has to offer it's a much happier way to do it versus what what most of but many people do is well this you know in my generation parents will say, well, no, computers are coming in the world soon, so you should go into computers. Right. Now, maybe you don't like computers. You don't right. like that, but you don't even know that, but you go into it because someone right. told you right. that's where the money is. And then 20 years later, you're sick, you're unhappy, you know, whatever. Right. So right. it's so right. much easier to start with where you really, with what you enjoy. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, I the people I know, yeah, 10, 20 years later, are doing absolutely nothing related to their <laughs> degrees. I mean, I... Certainly, am not. Um, right. my, my, and, and it's funny you say computers because my degree is in computer science, though I do kind of work with 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 computers a bit, but more more in the application side. But anyway, uh, yeah. So it it's really learning to know ourselves so much yeah. better, so that we can just be happier, right? It's so, yeah, so there's such a there's so many people on antidepressants. There's so many people struggling in life um, who are just not happy uh, because they're not really being authentic in their lives, aren't they? Right. They're just they're working for the money. You know, as I mentioned, eighty percent of the population right. in the workforce is not happy. They're not engaged at work, and right. I dare to say that not only they're not engaged in work, they're not engaged in life. Because when you get to the routine of what it means to work and be an adult, I remember, uh, you know, I work at home most of the time. And one time I was out during the rush hour coming mm -hmm. uh, home in what normally would be a 30-minute drive. But the street that I was on, it took five lights to go one block. Wow. And I'm saying, people do this every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can make a right-hand turn and make a, and go in side streets, and I can do this differently. But yeah. people get so on that robotic track right, of right. The creating something and staying with it and staying with the misery of it mm. and not realizing there are other options. Now, the options take maybe a little painful to make the adjustment, but at right. the other side of that option, my gosh, it's so much more joy. It's so much more loving your life. Right. I refer to my work now as helping people get aha moments. Because mm. what I find is when I talk with them and when they read some of my work, mm -hmm. I have perspectives that are different from a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. And they get an aha. And mm -hmm. that allows them to make a change right. and allows them to be more celebratory. Right. And I also ask them to remember what they did when they were young, when they were right. under five, when they were under 10. What did right. they do unconditionally and just love to do? Right. And that's, that's probably where their gifts lie and probably right. where they should be where they should be working and where they should be spending their time. Yeah. Uh, Spend your time in areas you love. It works so much better. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we, we just got about a minute and a half before break, and I just wanted to ask you, um, what keeps people from being more authentic? Is it fear? Um, well, you know, many people think they're authentic. You know, yeah. it's understanding of the depth of it, and there are different levels of authenticity. Sure. You can be authentic, but you can probably go deeper. And, and a lot of people, you know, society does not encourage you to go deep. Mm. Society encourages you to be very surface and go for the money right. and make the money work. Right. And I think that's what takes away from it. We, we move away from it early. It starts in, in, in preschool and kindergarten. In preschool, they tell you, you know, go play where you want to play and go to the bathroom when you want to. And in first grade in kindergarten, there's no stand in line, raise your hand, right. hold it until I tell you it's time to go. And right. then we continue with that kind of life, you know, for a long time. Yeah, that's kind of the, the old in, industrial age way of, of looking at things. And, and, and uh, as a friend of mine likes to say, unless you've gone through Montessori schools your entire life, we've all gotten indoctrinated in that in, industrial age way of thinking. And when we come back from break, let me talk a minute about that because I do yeah. I do the work with with organizations and I help them change transform leaders from industrial age thinking to empowerment. Oh, age wonderful, thinking. wonderful. And okay, part of the work too. Excellent, excellent. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Norma Hollis, and we'll be right back after these messages. Ding, 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 ding. 
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. The best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Um, so, Norma, you were going to talk about sort of authenticity and how you work with leaders and organizations, and then we have a special cameo appearance. Oh, cool. So um, you asked me earlier about my, my, the breadth of my work. In addition to China, I do the work for corporations, for mm-hmm. churches, for government organizations. Just almost, it fits almost everywhere. And... Um, Oh my gosh, I lost my spot that quickly. I think the painkiller's kicking in. Around <laughs> <laughs> oh, authenticity. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so you're helping leaders and organizations oh, to be more yes, authentic, yes. right? Yes, and I got it. I got it. Okay. So in my research of authenticity, one of the things I recognize and question is why leaders lead the way they do. Right. And if you go back to the 1760s in, in our society, we all made our own things before then. And then 1760s is when in, when assembly lines started in, right. and that's when they you know it was about doing things faster, making more, and it was more like cracking the whip while on employees. Yeah. Employees were more like robots; didn't care what they thought, just make sure you do it faster. Right. We're now in the information age, which is about critical thinking. Right. So it's not just always doing it faster; it's the boss saying, "So what do you think? How can you figure it out?" But where we're moving to is the empowerment age with the millennials and the younger people coming in. And what they want is they want to self-actualize early. They want mm. to, to have their gifts and talents show. They have reversed Maslow's theory. They want to self-actualize before they're even concerned about shelter. Mm. So what, what the work that I'm doing helps to do is transform leaders from that industrial age, old school, robotic thinking, crack the whip and do it faster, to understanding the individual, recognizing the employee's gifts and talents, aligning the gifts and talents to what the work environment has to offer and therefore offering a more meaningful experience where people then want to come to work as opposed to the lack of engagement that people have now. So that's part of the transition and the work that I do and how it's helping to transform thoughts. And we're just starting to get into the corporate environment and organizational environment and help them to see those differences. Because I believe for me, in fact, my my newest book is called Blueprint for Engagement, Authentic Mm -hmm. Leadership. And I think authenticity and self-awareness is one of the answers to the lack of engagement that we mm. see in society at work so often now. And, and, and uh, kind of on that note, I want to introduce a man who I feel really embodies authenticity, Daniel Gutierrez. Welcome to the studio, Welcome Daniel. Welcome for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> do you know Norma? Of course I do. Hi, yeah. Norma. Hi, Daniel. Nice to hear your voice. I'm here in cold New York City. Yes. <laughs> And, and, and so Daniel uh, uh, just came out with a book, Radical Mindfulness, 
Um, and mindfulness plays a big role in authenticity, doesn't it, Daniel? Absolutely. Uh, it, you know, as she was saying, uh, I think the beginning of authenticity is getting present and, and understanding right. where you're at and who you are. Right. Right. And, and Norma, any mindfulness practices that you do the, to help with authenticity? I have not, you know, in my developing authenticity, I was, my spirits would not allow me to do anything else except focus to make sure my work was original. Ah. I know about mindfulness, but I don't, but I haven't really got into it. Some of the people that I've trained are mindfulness people, and they tell me about the alignment uh, with the mm, two. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, real quickly, Norma, where can people find out information about you, about your process, your assessment? Well, I would suggest um, authenticityu.com, and that's with the letter U, right. and that will take you to my online school. And at the online school, there are two, three products there that are totally free. Ah, so I wonderful. encourage you to take the assessment, the authentic path assessment, which talks about are you on your authentic path. Then there's also one about the foundations of authenticity and one that says start here. So mm. all my work is I'm transferring everything to the online school. That's the um, number one place that I do. And also feel free to look for me in, on Facebook at Norma T. Hollis. Wonderful, Norma. Thank you so much. I'm going to put that in the, the Facebook Live and it'll also be posted on the podcast afterwards. Um, Thank you. You are welcome. So, Daniel, we got you in here for the last couple of minutes. I'm so glad to be here, too. It's so, I'm so thrilled to have you here. So real quick, your new book, Radical Mindfulness, it became an international number one bestseller? In about four hours. In was, four uh, yeah. hours. Uh -huh. Wow. Just amazing. Thank wow. What, what, what motivated you to write this book? Well, it was, it was motivated by my mom's passing oh, and, and the experience. Okay. There's a long story that goes behind it, but that was the reason why I wrote the book. Where radical, right. the word radical came in. Mindfulness, uh, people understand, is awareness. Right. But radical mindfulness is the practice of mindfulness. Mm. It's staying in that space more than not. You know, mm. and, and, and if we can stay there 60%, 70% of the time, rather than just doing uh, something that brings us to mindfulness, like yoga, meditation, throughout right. the entire day, then our life is much better. Right, right, right. Do you feel mindfulness helps you to be more authentic? Not only authentic, but present. Present. It's uh, difficult to be authentic if you're not in the moment. Yes. Authenticity is displayed in, in our ability to stay present in the moment and be, experience our humanness. Mm. You know, authenticity is sharing maybe even negative emotions like, like sure. anger and, and, and guilt. Uh, not that they're negative, but they're, they're human emotions. And Absolutely. when you're present, you get to experience that. That's what people feel as being authentic. Right. Well, he gets angry, but at least he's authentic. At least he's real, people right. say. When you're not in the present moment, then you get caught up into things that really don't show your authenticity, like ego. Right, right. And it's interesting because people I know who are like really, really, really present, they pick up so much. Yes. There's like such a richness in, in the moment, in our interactions with other people, in the environment, that when we're fully, fully present that we just kind of miss that texture, don't we, absolutely. when we're not present? Oh, absolutely. I, I remember once doing an, a, a, a corporate training for a big company, and when you pulled into their campus, there was a, I mean, this tree couldn't be any more yellow. Mm. It was so beautiful. Yeah. And when I was in the, in the um, uh, company, I was asking them, I said, what's the biggest striking thing that you see when you walk into your campus or you drive into your campus? No one knew the answer. I said, the beautiful yellow tree that you miss uh. every single day. That, that's what happens when we're not present, not mindful, and then displaying that authenticity. Yeah, wow. So look around, folks. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Pat on the Facebook Live says, uh, love Daniel's book. It's excellent. Hi, Pat. Uh, so you get a nice endorsement quack, there quack. from across the pond. <laughs> <That's> yes, <right. laughs> duckified, duckified, duckified. Quack quack. <laughs> you know what you said about the tree kind of reminds me of an exercise that I did once at a workshop or seminar or something, where the instructor said, you, "I want you all to go out there and find the perfect tree." Mm. And so we all went out, and everybody found a different tree. And it's interesting, like when you think about what's the perfect tree, and you go and you actually look at different trees. They're all perfect, That's aren't right. they? That's right. And and but but how often are we present to that? We're not. Yeah. We don't live in a world with eighty thousand thoughts a day going through our minds. 
Wow. It's difficult. I'm not saying that this is easy, yeah. but it is possible. And the yeah. more you stay radically mindful and you practice that mindfulness, the better your life's going to be. Yeah. Right. Like today yeah. I was taking pictures of the melting uh, snow. ice and snow yeah. and people are going, what are you doing? <laughs> this is so amazing they're like amazing it's snow i said no it's it's beautiful yeah. but people don't stop right to really just watch it right. to see right right beautiful beautiful so uh, if people want to find out about you about your book where, where can they pick it up well they can get the book on amazon.com very okay. easy radical mindfulness and for me they can go to danielgutierrez.com easy for me to yeah. say huh? yeah easy for you to say how to spell gutierrez g-u-t-i-e-r-r-e-z.com DanielGutierrez.com. That's for all of our non uh, Yeah, that's Latino right. Got to spell it out. Yeah, yeah, I misspell it sometimes <laughs> even now. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Uh, uh, real quick, just before we end up, Norma, you're still on the line, right? I'm still here, yes. Uh, uh, what, Daniel, yes. What's next for you, Norma? What's, what's coming up for you? Well, I'm in the process of certifying people to teach my work. And oh, my job wonderful. now is to go. I said I didn't know how to market it, so... One of the ways I'm marketing it is teaching people the work that I'm doing and having them take it out in the world. Oh, so I'm certifying people as speakers, uh, facilitators, and coaches. Excellent. Uh, agents of authenticity. Yeah, agents so. of authenticity. Excellent. Awesome. So if anybody wants to learn how to become certified as, a, as an authenticity person, uh, authenticityu.com, right? Yes. And send me an email or send me Norma T. Hollis on Facebook. All right. Wonderful, Norma. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. And thank you so much, too. I appreciate you and all the work that you're doing and who you are. Thank oh. you. And Dan, Daniel, always good to see in your presence as well. Good to hear you, too. Uh, thank you so much, Norma and Daniel. Thank you for popping in the studio today, making a cameo uh, appearance. Uh, we're going to record uh, another show with you. I'm not sure when it'll air yet, but we're going to get some juicy stuff today, and then uh, we'll put it out there uh, as soon as I can fit it in the schedule. All right. Sounds wonderful. Awesome. So, everybody, thank you for tuning in today. I hope, I hope, I pray that you've gotten something of value out of today's show. If you did, please share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, your even acquaintances. Uh, Ta, I saw you got on the Facebook Live there for a minute and gave us lots of hearts. I hope you go back and listen to the beginning because I actually mentioned you and Cole. So you tuned into the right show. So thank you all for tuning in. And we will talk to you next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin. Together, we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. The best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com.
Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 